Buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning and Gary Callagher from Remax with you every Saturday on KDAL. Gary, good morning. How are you? Well, post-Thanksgiving, Jim, we're doing great. It's um, up here in the Northland. The, the weather just for this time of year is incredible. We have no snow on the ground. <clears throat> Some people don't like that. Some people do like that. But, it, um, <clears throat> you know, the weather up here in the Northland, it kind of... Um, it'll dictate how the real estate market can be. And if we have a lot of snow and the cold, real cold, you know, temperatures and everything, um, that kind of hinders the real estate market. And so we haven't really had that so far this year. And it's, um, uh, it's still a very active, robust real estate market, you know, and, uh, um, you know, but as far as weather goes, I mean, how's your weather doing down there? <laughs> Well, funny you should ask. Um, yeah, it's uh, um, this morning. It's fifty-one degrees. It's um, people around here are wearing parkas uh, and and knit caps and gloves for sure. So yeah, yeah. It's supposed to get back up. It, it's it's. I mean, eventually. Like today is going to get to seventy five, you know, so it's nice. But the 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 evenings are are uh, down into into the forties, uh, I guess. So, but and that well, that's you know, chilly it, for that area. Well, you know what's funny is it it sends the weatherman on a tear. You know, um, you know they they're also worried about um, how cold it's getting, and and they just play off of it. It's just it's kind of funny to watch, but. Yeah, it's um, we and we don't have our heat. There, you know, we do have heat available, but I have never turned it on um, other than testing it. And uh, so it was a little chilly last night. Extra blanket. Is it? Uh, do you have electric heat, or do you have a force, a, some type of a furnace? Yeah, it's a it's a heat pump that works off of the uh, air conditioning. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So. When you go in houses down there, what's kind of the dominant heat source? Is it is it the heat pump? Is it electric? Yeah. No, it's the heat pump for sure. Because uh, I mean, everything is everything has air conditioning, so everything works off of that. Um, I don't know that I've ever been in a place that has anything different, other than, and I doubt that they use this for for heat. But uh, there's a lot of solar down here, um, so. But most of the times, people use that to heat their pools, you know, or or supplement their own electric. It doesn't it doesn't provide enough electricity really to do much. But yeah. Well, Jim, want to talk about a little a little article that I read, a little thing, and uh, you know, we're past Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving right. know, dinner and day and everything. But uh, one of the things that happens during that Thanksgiving holiday is um and believe it or not you know we have black friday what's attributed to shopping and (laughs) and putting all the retail stores back in the red 
are back in the black. Yes. And, um, I know where you're going. This we is also, funny. <laughs> we also have uh, what we call a Brown Friday, <laughs> at the day after Thanksgiving. <clears throat> and that gym is typically the, a plumber's busiest day of the year. <laughs> and, and you know, we talk about uh, food and, and what it does to the plumbing in the house from time to time but thanksgiving is by far the the biggest day of the year that people experience uh, problems with their plumbing and a lot of it is attributed to uh you know people dump their grease uh you know what have you everything down the the, the kitchen drain and they don't realize how bad it, it 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 makes you know these greases when they go down these pipes and those pipes are a different temperature than you know what the grease is and they typically are it immediately um solidifies the grease and those greases uh they don't go away you can't turn on the hot water and get rid of it i mean it's not like that it sticks to the the drain pipes and um it's a very difficult to remedy and the other thing that happens like if you have a uh, a garbage disposal you know, people don't realize that you, there's certain things you shouldn't throw in a garbage disposal. And I mean, onion, onion peels, potato peels, fibrous type, uh, uh, you know, foods that you have, they don't get ground up and they, they stick to these choppers that are in there and they don't, uh, it doesn't get rid of them. And well, so and you with, have to be, especially with potato peels, with potato peels, um, they may make it through your garbage disposal, but they won't make it much farther than that. Um, we learned that one year, I don't know, probably 20 years ago the hard way. Yeah. The, uh, but, you know, they all, people also throw things like turkey bones oh, geez. down their garbage disposals, you know. And so um, it, it's just something to be aware of. And, and this... Doesn't you know Thanksgiving the ho- that holiday is the biggest uh, pr- problematic time for plumbing? But this goes on. This is something that you should practice throughout the year. You know, just don't throw food down your drains. You know, and so the question always becomes: Is well, what do you do with it? You know, you you fry up a pan of bacon. You got a bunch of grease. What do you do with it? Well, typically the best thing to do is to like, if you have a, a vegetable, a can of veg, you know, old can of vegetables, you cut the lid off, you use the vegetables, pour those greases into the, into the vegetable cans. And then what happens is it solidifies. It might take a day or two, but it gets, it, it gets hard. Yeah. And then, and then you just scoop it out and you throw it in your trash and you keep those things out of the drain, you know, because it, it uh, eventually these greases will cause problem with, with your plumbing gym. Um, and, and, and that goes things, you know, when you scrape your pots and your pans and stuff like that, do the same thing, you know, put them in a, in a can, put them in a container, you know, if you don't have anything, you can take a, a, a piece of aluminum foil uh, and you can cup it up, you can shape aluminum foil and I, I don't recommend throwing hot grease on a piece of aluminum, but you can throw foods and you can throw, uh, uh, you know, scraps and things like that, you know, in a piece, piece of aluminum foil and crush it up and you know, and the other thing that people do with, with food scraps, Jim, and I think this is a big thing that's that's been going on for a while, is they compost it. You know, if you're into composting, you can certainly do that as well. Exactly. You know, and that's, that's not a bad thing to do either. Um, the other thing that I want to mention, like if you have a paper towel or a napkin or something, you can wipe these greases up with a paper towel. If you don't have a lot of them that you have to pour up, just wipe it up with a paper towel. Um, wipe it up with a piece of newspaper. 
uh, there are a number of things that you can do to to so to not pour those greases down your your drains, and um, well, you know that's what, a big thing. You know what my mom used to do all the time. I mean, it's Thanksgiving in the Northland, right? I mean, when that turkey's out of that pan and everything is just sitting around, that pan would go out on the front porch, and the coagulation of everything uh, happens a lot faster. You know, when it's when it's as cold as your refrigerator outside or colder. So yeah. that's a, that's another that's a good idea. Yeah, that's another tip um, that you can use. And um, you know, we never had any. Um, I mean, she put it up so like there wouldn't be if there was a local dog or something. You know, we don't want to get anything sick or anything like that. But yeah, so that's another way to get rid of it. But yeah, you just can't throw everything down your garbage disposal, or you will witness Brown Friday, right? Brown Fridays. It's just it's so gross, Gary. It's a gross. So, it's and a, we all know what it, <laughs> what it means. So, uh, uh, it's just something to be careful of. And the other thing too, Jim, is is typically people are going to have guests over at their house, you know, or family extended family comes in and they stay, and you just you you put more pressure on your your wastewater systems uh, than you than you would during during when nobody's there. So, you know, and some people do things like flush cotton balls down the toilet, sanitary napkins, dental floss is another one. And, and uh, they shouldn't do that. You know, you should, you should have a waste basket in your bathrooms that people can throw their stuff away. And, uh, and then I always remind people, I mean, I, you know, it's, I, you know, my kids, I remember growing up is, is uh, wet wipes were the big ones. It's like, don't put these wet wipes in the toilet, you know, and, uh, um, inevitably somebody does and if if uh you know they'll just they're terrible for clogging up your system so just yeah. something to be aware of and uh hopefully you know this is a couple of days after thanksgiving that you didn't have too many problems but uh certainly a good reminder uh what not to do with your your uh, food waste well and I'm, I'm assuming too that if if this happens and and you're you're a victim of this brown friday <laughs> um or brown saturday um is that you're going to have a, a couple hundred dollar bill for uh, unclogging, especially with potato peels. I, I know that when we did this so many, many years ago, um, the guy was there with his auger, his electric auger, and um, when when the drain finally cleared, and I don't know how far this thing had, if it had a, you know, 50 feet or what it had, but when the drain cleared, he showed me he was about two feet from the end of the line. There was no more that he could do if the if the dra- if the clog was beyond that. So that's how far it traveled through my garbage disposal and into my pipes. Um, you know, almost making it apparently to the to the city system, but it didn't make it. So uh, I mean, you know, there you go. So. I don't know how we're doing on time, Jim, but one other oh, we're, quick reminder. We're, we're, pretty much, we're pretty much at our first break right now, so let's do that, Gary. Let's take our first break. Folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and uh, we'll be back on our little Thanksgiving, our post-Thanksgiving edition, right after this. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Callagher here from Remax. Gary Callagher works for Remax Results. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number and contact information? I got 218-390-0615. 
And I am down in Punta Gorda, Florida, um, and I work for a Remax called Remax Anchor Realty. And Gary, our our Remax Anchor Realty down here is, um, I think we have six offices. Um, we certainly don't have the number of bodies that Remax um, Results has, but the the real estate market in Florida has been on fire um, so much so lately that uh, in October. Our company passed one billion dollars in sales, so that's crazy. But there are some agents here that are selling three million dollar places, you know. So it's uh, it's um, yeah, it's quite it's quite wild. They're they're not those three million dollar places aren't around me, but we have like I said, we have six offices, so it's in the area, um, you know, and and we have offices including in like. Um, I mean, we service Venice, Florida. We serve Na- service Naples, Florida, which is one of the more expensive areas. So, well, we do backflips up here when we sell these expensive houses, and and everybody remembers we had the most expensive house in Duluth, residential wise, that's ever sold this year for two point five million. It was a, a big deal. I'm sure that's you know you get in a market like you're you're describing down there. That's that's. Uh, I wouldn't say commonplace, but uh, it's no big deal. Well, how about can, can I talk about a story that um, it caught my eye? Um, and I don't, I don't think we ever talked about this yet, but caught my eye a couple of weeks ago um, about real estate, and it's in Miami. And Miami is um, <clears throat> is the fifth most expensive, or Miami Beach, I should say, the fifth most expensive uh, place in America to buy a house. Um, there was an article, uh, an AP article, and picked up by all kinds of other others, is that that a dog was selling his mansion in Miami. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. It was quite the elaborate story. Um, there is a dog that um, apparently owned this mansion. The wealthy pooch is known as Gunther Six. Okay. And um, he has his own private chef. Um, he has a he has a home in Miami Beach that overlooks the ocean. And his his uh, there were things like uh, his, his chain is uh, his 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 um, collar is a diamond, a large diamond and ruby studded collar. Um, all these kinds of things, and I was reading it in amazing in amazement. It's an 8,400 square foot mansion with nine bedrooms, eight and a half bathrooms, and some multi multi millionaire left his or hers fortune to this dog. And it also happens to be a former home of Madonna's. And apparently, um, the predecessor to this dog, uh, or the heir, because what happens apparently is the dog dies, the next dog gets it, you know, this kind of crazy stuff, right? They bought it for seven and a half million in 1992. It's listed at 31.7 million, um, and so this is going on for a couple of weeks. Um, I gotta say that I, I would love to say I never believed it, um, but it sounded just crazy enough, Gary, that it might be true. Well, apparently, it's just a age-old spoof. They did it the last time. That they were selling a house, these same people um, saying that the dog actually owned the property, 
And the amazing thing was is that all of these publications, and I guess it was on one of the morning shows too, like Good Morning America or something like that, um, they were all taken. Um, and it's just a spoof by the by the owner and the agent to get a lot of attention to this property, which other agents say is completely overpriced and they are just, they're crazy. So <laughs> you hadn't heard of that. Um, the New York Post was um, was the one that first came out with it, um, and now they're the ones that are spoofing it. Um, so what do you think of that story, Gary? Well, I, it's unfortunate that it's a spoof like that, but, you know, in this day and age with, with what people are, how people treat their pets or animals and whatever, it, it, do, it wouldn't surprise me for one second. Now, I was going to say only in California would something like this happen, but the fact that it's... Uh, uh, Miami Beach is, uh, I guess Miami Beach has its own set of whatever. And, uh, um, but, uh, I, my, my first question to you was going to be, well, well, who's taking care of the dog? Right. Well, and see, that's, that's why they, they had this, this back article about all these people that are handlers of these dogs. I mean, and I was thinking, well, all right. I mean, if, if it really happened, these people, um, are probably living, you know, high off the whatever that are the dog handlers. Those are the dog, you know, but it turns out that it's just a wealthy couple that owns the dog. And, you know, I, I'm just so curious. This is, a, this is a marketing ploy. Exactly. And I, to the house. I'm very curious if that realtor could possibly get in trouble, but I, I haven't heard anything. The other thing was, is it, it, it got so widespread, Gary, that Madonna even tweeted on it and took a picture of herself, you know, kind of looking really depressed, saying that she wished she still owned that house and she wished she owned that dog. And, you know, you should have read through the lines there, I guess. But it, it was kind of funny to watch. And if you, if you, uh, if you, if anybody out there, if you go on Google, dog sells mansion, you will come up with hundreds of articles. And there are articles there today that they don't believe it's a spoof. They believe it's true. So it's really gone quite viral. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. But well, James, speaking of um, oddities, uh, odd housing, <clears throat> uh, we have a mushroom house up here in Duluth. <laughs> yeah, that sold, didn't it? <laughs> the mushroom house has sold. Yep. Um, it's... Uh, it's, you know, so, you know, you talk about weird type housing, strange housing, you know, Duluth has, I won't say its share of them, but we certainly have one and it's called a mushroom house. And, and we talked about this earlier on the show and uh, it did sell and it closed uh, back in September. Um, it sold for $260,000, a relatively cheap price when you compare it to uh, uh, something down on Miami Beach. But the mushroom house is sold, and uh, I don't know who the who the new owners are at this point. But uh, interesting housing. Well, and you know what? Interesting I mean, stories. That, that's. I think that this is a really interesting uh, um, subject in terms of style because what do we all live in? We live in houses that have lines that have square lines everywhere. We are, it, it, everything is rectangular when you look at your walls, when you look at, you know, just about everything. And this house is basically like a dome. 
you know. So when you were looking at the interior pictures of this place, it was crazy. And I, I think that the, the, you know, the decorating of this place would be quite, quite wild. Um, you know, how do you hang a picture from a round wall? <laughs> You know, um, and I thought that was one of the most interesting. Um, you had sent me the article about it when it was for sale, and and I had um, you know because I'm still in the MLS and stuff up in up in the Northland. I I pulled it up and I sent it to a bunch of the realtors down here, and and yeah, the the um, the reaction was quite like, what in the heck is that? You know, so it was quite unique for even us down here. But well, I. How are we doing on time, Jim? Yeah, we got we've got another eight minutes in this segment. The other one I wanted okay. to pull up is is who was the developer um, builder slash architect? Um, he, his last name is famous in Duluth. I can't think of it. Um, he built all these strange, um, different houses with all these different. Oh, the Samala. That one, and then there's one more. Um, Hovland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Hovland built the mushroom house. Okay. All right. All right. I believe that was a uh, Hovland house back in the seventies. Right. And I don't know if it's Hovland or not, but I've sold some of these special houses that have these kind of special designs and odd, odd roof angles and and different things like that. And I remember, especially the ones with the wild roof angles. I remember the one thing they had in common is, um, you know, thirty years later. <laughs> You could always find an area where they obviously had a leak at some point in time. Do you find that to be true as well in those kinds of houses? Well, I think any type of housing you're going to have you're going to have issues like that, especially new housing. I mean, I think one of the things that people don't realize is, you know, when you get wood and you build a house and you prepare your your lot, your site, I mean, <clears throat> When you do this and you build on these these properties and you use these materials, number one, Jim, uh, if you're prepping a lot, the land, and you haven't let it settle, and what I mean by settle, I mean right. one to two years, um, <clears throat> you're going to have movement. There's going to be movement. It's going to happen. And then the other thing is the building materials. <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize this, but you build a house out of wood. And you use all the new wood that you get, you know, the two buys and the and the uh, roof trusses and all those things. That wood is wet, and those woods, over time, they sh- they shrink, they move because all the water comes out of them. And so you you will see in in and I say ninety five percent of all new housing, you're going to see some settling. And I and I'll I'll venture to say. In all housing over time, you know, we've certainly seen it. You're going to see cracks. You're going to see shifting. You're going to see something. Uh, you're going to see leaks. It's just going to happen. Uh, there's um, there's a um, – I was talking to a builder one time, and we were discussing housing. And the um, he mentioned to me something I, I just – I was never aware of, but – when you build a new house, Jim, there's always a point in that house where there's maximum pressure somewhere. Right. And I forget the, the actual term that he used, but it's it was, you know, this is your maximum pressure point right here, you know, where the, you know, in the bear, bear down and the down force and everything, here's a, here's a pressure point. And so, you know, trying to identify those where the, are, those are in houses is, can be very difficult. But uh, um, I, I think uh, with these, 
with, with new houses and leaks and stuff like that, it's inevitable that's going to happen. Cracking, some of the floors cracking, concrete floors, all that type of stuff. It's just, it, it's inevitable. So um, I have seen over the past several years a, a couple of properties, not many of them, but people start building them and they don't finish them right away. Oh, yeah. And one one in particular, and this is the garage, and I like you know I bike quite a bit, and I've been going by this garage for the last you know two and a half years. <clears throat> well, a couple of years ago, they they prepped the ground and they they poured the slab and they built the frame. Boom, that was it. And I and I drive by this place, I ride by this place, nothing for like a year and a half. That that garage sat just the way it was. Well, all of a sudden, this this past summer, I noticed that they started working on it again. They finished pouring concrete. Uh, they started putting the siding on. Um, but I've seen this, in, and, and my take on it is, it's like, hey, they're letting it settle. They're letting the wood shrink. They're going through uh, a season or two of, of, you know, where they don't have any cracks. And the same thing with a couple of houses up here, Jim. I've seen that happen. And my initial reaction is like, oh, man, they ran out of money. But part of me thinks is, no, they're letting this stuff settle. They're letting this the, the woods shrink. They're letting it all happen. So when they finish this, they don't have those issues. And one of the things, and, and you, folks, you can try this at home. When you go into a house, go by uh, uh, light, your light switches, you know, that you turn on lights by your front door or by a window or by something. And when you get this real extreme cold that we're going to have up here, hold your hand over the light switch. You'd be surprised at some of the cold air that comes in through these 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 switches. You know, and typically this is done on an exterior wall by a door, by a window, whatever. Uh, but try it. I mean, and, and uh, you know, is this is this part of of um, you know the uh, curing process of a house where everything shrinks and and you can't fully insulate these things? So yeah, I would say nowadays. Stuff. I would say nowadays if, if you have if you have a newer house and that's happening. Because those outlets on the outside walls were all sealed at one point. So I would say, yeah, it's definitely caused by something shrinking and breaking away that seal so that you can feel that that cool air coming in. Um, I think in down here, we have the same thing where um, there are some houses that were under construction and the construction just stopped. And it's a dangerous thing down here because we have tremendous amounts of rain. So that exposed wood goes through a whole different, you know, cycle of, of bad things that are happening to it. Um, so, but the house up in the house up on the Northland that uh, for years and years and years, and it was owned by a builder, and I, I think unfortunately he he passed not not maybe a year ago or so. Was one just before he got on the Oliver Bridge on the Wisconsin side. Um, it's right next to the bridge. That thing sat there with tie back on it. You know the the outside sheeting or whatever they want to call it, the pre sheeting. Yeah. I mean, it was years and years. You know, um, and I, I think that uh, you know three four years back or whatever they 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 buttoned it up finally. But yeah, it, it's interesting. Um, you know how some things never seem to get finished on time. So Gary, you've got another minute here. So why don't you give out your phone number again? I'm at 218-390-0615. And Jim, I'm still looking for some housing for a couple of buyers. If you got anything in the Duluth, uh, Lakewood area, Pike Lake, Knife River area, um, you know, preferably under 900000 
give me a call, 218-390-0615. If you got anything with a view, uh, also, too, I've got some buyers, preferably under 400000 or something like that. There you go. Um, and uh, my phone number is 218 I'm And, Gary, we've been talking about all of these multi-million dollar houses down here and um, that our office serves them, but uh, that's not my market here. Um, I actually just closed on a house um, with some folks from the Northland, and uh, that house was, um, I think it was in the in the high, no, I'm sorry, it was in the low threes, um, and this is on a canal. They have their own their own dock. Actually, it's a it's a it's a condominium, but it's a really nice big one. They have their own dock, and they have a wonderful view of uh, the water just right outside their door. And I've also I've also sold houses down here to people from the Northland um, for um, for under two hundred thousand, you know, um, hundred and forty thousand dollar condo in a in a absolute um, pristine um, development with low association fees. Down here, Gary, it's all about association fees, you know, um, if you're in one of these developments. But wow, what a what a good deal that was! And uh, let's see, I sold that in maybe may and i bet you that place has gone up about 10 or twelve thousand dollars just sitting there so there are still some some low price houses down here so um if there's any anybody up there that wants to buy their cabin down in florida like how this is all started for me um i i am available so 218-348-7653 gary we're out of time here let's take a break and we'll be right back you're tuned in to the twin ports real estate show Hey, welcome back to the Pinports Real Estate Show. Jim Rodney, Gary Callagher here from Remax. All right, Gary, so um, this post-Thanksgiving show, we've talked about everything from dogs selling houses to um, houses that just, houses. Yeah, never seem to get Wrong completed. Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, why don't we move on to some other stories? Well, Jim, we've, uh, you know, how many times have we talked about the Cozy Bar? And you know, it always seems to be in the news. Gary, uh, I think that's the that's the story that's kept us on the air all these years. How's that? <laughs> well, that's not the only building in town that's got issues, and uh, and is in a you know a high profile place. There's another uh, apartment complex that is uh, that is in a high profile area that is also having some issues and it's, it's blight. It's, it looks bad. It, it just, it's not good. And it's in a very, uh, like I say, high traffic area. And this, and this building in the past uh, week had a, a, about a week or so ago had a, had a fire in it. And, you know, this is a building that, you know, when, you know, where the uh, fourth street uh, co-op market is, it's right across the street from there. Right. Okay. And, and then and that's in the, the corridor from 6th Avenue East on, and 4th Street to 7th Avenue East on the upper side of the block. And if people remember the, the old auto loop store there that and, and the Last Chance Liquor, I believe, not, or Last Stop, whatever it was called, there was a liquor store right there. I think it was Last and, Chance. Uh, last Chance, yeah. And uh, uh, But in any event, this building has been an eyesore for a long time. <clears throat> and, Jim, back when that building sold... Um, I actually had that building listed and it was kind of bad b- back then. 
And and that was they the uh, the previous owner. You know, we sold that building back in 2016, and the um, local nonprofit One Roof Housing they bought that building with the um, uh, thought that they were going to develop that whole lower side. You know, from Sixth Avenue East to Seventh Avenue East, they were going to. Uh, uh, the auto loop store was for sale. The liquor store was for sale. And, uh, and as you remember going way back, there's a, a, a newer apartment building on 6th Avenue East, just below the alley between 4th Street and the, and the alley between 4th and 5th Street that w- was built. And, and that whole, back in that time, they were going to develop that whole thing. But the owners of the auto loop and the, and the, uh, <clears throat> uh, liquor store, they didn't want to sell. So that, never I do happened. remember all of this. Yeah. Yeah, so they, uh, though the auto lube and the liquor store, that's now sold. Um, and the, um, <clears throat> this apartment complex also has been sold again. And <clears throat> that whole area is supposed to be redeveloped. But, and, and I'm glad because this has been a terrible eyesore. I mean, you know, I'm, I like to go to the co op, I'm a big co op fan. And um, uh, there's been times, Jim, where I'm just like, you know, I'm not going over there. Right. And uh, and it's because of that building, and I think when when these when these properties take on that type of a of a uh, you, you know situations that you you're you're uneasy going around them, I think it's time to deal with it, and it's unfortunate, but um, you know at, at what point does a city does our local governments have the authority to step in and say look. This ain't, this shouldn't be like this, you know. And you know, we have a life safety department, and, and for the most part, they they do a great job. But there are some landlords and some owners of these properties that just are difficult people. And I and I would just wish that we had a little bit more teeth in some of our policies. That it's like, you know, when you know that there are drugs being sold, when you know there is bad stuff going on, and and it, you know, it's out there in the open, out there in the public, where it 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 spills over and it causes people to not want to frequent a place like, you know, the co-op, for example, or it's in our medical district as well. I mean, I, I, you know, it would be nice that, that, that our local governments had some teeth and could like put a stop to that type of stuff. And I don't know what, what type of teeth that would take, but um, I'm glad to see that this place has now um, been vacated and, and, and quite frankly, I believe that one roof was in the process of vacating that building. Anyway, there weren't that many tenants left in there. They had already, um, I, I think, had the building sold, and that place is going to be redeveloped. So kudos to them. Let's get that area redeveloped. And then the other thing, Jim, about this area, a lot of people don't realize, if you remember back to this 2012 uh, big flood that we had up here, yeah. there's actually a creek that's underneath that liquor store really? and, and runs underneath, I think, the, the parking lot of the co-op. I think it's called Bow- Bowery Creek or something like that. And that whole 4th Street, they had that closed off. They had to completely redo that after that big flood. And so, um, you know, ultimately what they're going to develop and how that's, you know, what they're going to have to do to build over that, that's going to be interesting stuff to watch too. But uh, um, you can go between this apartment building on 4th Street and the liquor store and you can see you know this little this waterway in there and uh uh and so just interesting properties interesting stuff but it's time to get these things cleaned up move on and and beautify these areas because uh, it's such a uh, uh you, you know it's just, there's just so much going on in there and there's so much revitalization going on so be interesting to see how that all develops 
Well, and yeah, I, I, I think that the, the area up there um, just gets better and better, personally. I mean, with, with redevelopment. Um, I certainly love uh, downtown um, Duluth and London Road is, you know, is, is one of my favorite places, especially the, the Rose Park. What do they call it? Is that Leaf Erickson Park, I think? Rose Garden. Rose Garden. Yeah, Leaf okay. Erickson Park, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the fact that they, they put in new streets downtown Superior, I mean, it's just, um, yeah. It gets better and better after a lot of, a lot of years of, of, of not. So, but there's a, there's a few blighted properties out there, but I think they're, they're, um, they're getting less and less. Any, any news updates on the, um, um, on the cozy since they didn't put up their bond? No, no updates Nothing on that. Nothing in the news yet? Okay. I think they've got, I, I don't remember if it was what the timeline was for the judge just to decide on uh, the, the, the ongoing case of of can they tear it down. Can, I, I don't remember what the nuts and bolts of that were, but uh, I'm, I'm sure that'll be the next thing that we hear. Well, let's hope that the city of Duluth gets an early Christmas present um, a little bit after Thanksgiving with the, uh, with the right to tear it down because it's just got to be done it's costing too much money it's just a it's just a waste of money so speaking of dita jim D, you know dita now owns some of the lester park golf course yeah yep you were telling me that and uh, uh i think it's a 14 acre piece of land that they uh, uh the city's going to transfer from the old lester park golf course to them and and with hopes that they're going to sell that to a developer and they're going to develop housing out there now are and they going to keep nine holes for a while are they going to keep nine holes of that course open Oh, I think it's going to, it'll ultimately be more than that. I mean, there was the, uh, 18 hole golf course, but then they had what they called the Lake Nine. Right. And, uh, you know, this. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 27 total. Yeah. 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 This, I believe this 14 acre chunk is, um, probably, uh, there's a driving range, uh, you, you know, and then part, the lower part of that, uh, uh, Lake Nine close to Superior Street. And, uh, if you ever golf at Lake Nine, Jim, oh, yeah, I hated I that course. That was one of the toughest courses I ever. And I'm not a golfer, but uh, I lost. So Trust many me, golf Gary. If it's a Lake Nine. <laughs> if it's a golf course around the area up there, I have played it. So yeah, I'm not good with narrow fairways. Yeah, you know well, I, mean? I hear you. No, none of us are. That's that's why golf ball uh, manufacturing never stops. Guys like me. <laughs> but in in any event, Jim. Um, Golf course housing. My goodness, what a great idea! I think this it, it, it's it's a great idea. It um, I think it would be very successful, and um, you know something that uh, uh, I I'm a, I would be a big supporter of, quite frankly. And uh, how it all you know shakes out and what it looks like, very interesting to watch it. Well, and I think that they you know they could expand um, on the golf course if you put some housing in there. You, you know, um, I think that. Adding trails, you know, in any municipality where people can walk and experience a little bit of nature and things of that, you know, that's just always a great idea. They have a, a lot of forethought in, in a lot of the trails down here in Florida where you can walk. And it's just beautiful. And I know that in Duluth there are, um, there are some thoughtful trails in Superior um, for example, in the summer, you can go on the cross-country ski trails. Um, if you like to cross-country ski, it's beautiful in the winter. So um, I think that hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll keep something like that there so that uh, people can enjoy the area. we got about a minute uh, at, left here in this segment, Gary. Yeah, well, looking forward to seeing 
what happens with that type of housing, but I think it's a good idea. You know, we have, uh, we don't have a lot of that stuff up here. I think we've got some houses that are, are built on one of the, the fairways of off of Northland when you go up off of uh, 40th Avenue East and you, you go uh, up to Gladstone and um, I forget the other name. Rockridge is the uh, circle, I believe is the name. Um, you've got some houses that are actually right off of the whatever uh, hole that is on the Northland Country Club. But other than that, we don't have any. Yeah, and it, when I, I used to sell, you know, a long time ago, um, down in the southwest suburbs, northwest suburbs of Minneapolis, that whole, that whole kind of, as you look at a map, the whole left side. And um, a lot of those communities had all kinds of uh, walking trails and things where people would run, you know, walk their dogs. Um, that's the first. I, I remember in Minneapolis, the first time I ever saw anybody pick up after their dog, and I thought, well, that's weird. I've never seen that in my life. <laughs> All right, Gary, we're on a hard break here. Uh, folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We'll be right back to finish it up. Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher from Remax. Gary, real quick before we forget, uh, give out your phone number. Two one eight. Three nine zero zero six one five, and down here in Florida, my number is two one eight three four eight seven six five three. I'll help you with all your real estate down here in Florida. Um, so, Gary, there was uh, some some smiles in the Northland and some frowns in the Northland after last week's Viking Packer game. Uh, overall, talking to my Packers friends. Um, it, they they agreed it was a good game. Nobody likes some of the calls that happened, but uh, I I thought it was a spectacular game. Even when um, I thought the Vikings were going to lose after that late interception. How did you how did you take that game, Andy? Well, I was ready for a big heartbreak, quite frankly. But uh, it, you're right; it was a good game. I mean, man, it was a it, tough it game. End, yeah, it was a tough game, and it ended well for the Vikings fans, and uh, one that we certainly needed. So. Um, we gotta we gotta be down in uh, Lambeau Field, I think, sometime in mid December. So it's, we'll see what happens. We'll see what well, happens then as well. Yes, and I I, uh, I certainly think that the the Vikings and I've been the way they've lost this year is is just crazy. Um, a lot of it's stupid, but um, you know they could they can hang with probably most any team in the NFL on a given Sunday. So I hope they squeak into the playoffs, uh, um, and then maybe they can meet the Packers three times. We'll see. But uh, that was quite the good football game. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a little more when the Vikings won. But I was even going to, I, you know, I wasn't going to be heartbroken because um, it was such a good game. And the Packers are so they're so good. So yeah, that quarterback is amazing. So, but anyway, both of them were. All right, Gary, let's Jim, talk about some interest rates and some other things. Uh, mortgage interest rates, 30-year conventional, holding steady at 3.25%. That's for a 30-year fixed rate on a conventional mortgage. FHA is really taken off. FHA uh, last week was at 3.625 for a 30-year term. This week it's at 3.75. Wow. So the FHA loans are really starting to, to accelerate on the mortgage interest rate. VA, if you want to get a VA loan for a 30-year term, they're holding steady at 3.625. So uh, mortgage interest rates are still good. And if you want to do a shorter term, you, you can still get under 3% on these conventional loans. So still phenomenal. Very, very, uh, very good. All right, Gary, uh, we got a minute. 
Okay. Well, I, I wanted to talk about a property, but I'm going to need more than a minute to talk about it, Jim. Uh, maybe we can talk about it next week, but uh, just a special property that I was involved with uh, uh, somebody purchasing. So, uh, you know, we can talk about that at a later time. But um, I just, I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving and uh, is going to enjoy the rest of the holidays. It's a big time for family and everybody getting together. And, and real estate is certainly a big part of that, Jim, with people gather in their homes and they, um, you know, um, eat their food share their family memories and do whatever so all right uh, we're just a part of it thanks for listening to us all right folks you've been tuned into the twin parts real estate show have a great extended weekend and we will hopefully you'll hear from us next week thanks for tuning in